Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation, the podcast to support your spiritual revolution. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode with Hope Fitzgerald. She has a captivating story of how she's received a 10th dimensional tool she calls the Infinity Wave. She's experienced and witnessed amazing results in healing, relationships, manifestation, and even embodying more soul by using this remarkable tool. Hope talks about how in 2010, after a lifetime of spiritual study, she received a series of wave visions representing an evolutionary push for the planet. The final one, a standing figure eight made of flowing water, was called the Infinity Wave and represented a 10th dimensional energetic tool gifted by a loving universe to more quickly and easily transform suffering into joy and freedom during tumultuous transitional times. And ever since, Hope has been dedicated to applying the infinity wave for the spiritual evolution of the individual, the community, and Earth. I know you're going to love Hope's gentle and loving presence as much as me, so let's dive in. But first, I'm excited to tell you about a fantastic service I've been using that I'm really excited about. Quantum Upgrade delivers a high-frequency quantum field into your life to harmonize your energy, balance your body, boost performance, and shield yourself from harmful EMF frequencies. This is a scientifically researched way to bring much-needed quantum into your life. I've really enjoyed having this boost of quantum energy in my life. Check out episode 305 with guest Philip Samore von Hotzeldorf-Felling, the founder of Quantum Upgrade, to learn more about quantum energy. Use the link in the show notes and get your free seven-day trial to feel for yourself. I'm so excited about the cumulative long-term benefits of using Quantum Upgrade. Use the link in the show notes to try it for yourself. And now, enjoy this episode. So welcome, Hope. I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you, Kara, so much. I'm really happy to be here, and thank you for having me on. My pleasure. So I would love to just start by getting an understanding of your spiritual background, because you've got these amazing modalities. How did that come about for you? Well, it's, it's a combination of things. I, I was blessed with a mother opened a lot of doors for me. We grew up in a conventional situation, but she was always curious about psychics and she had little books around. Didn't want it. It wasn't kosher or acceptable in those days to really be talking about it without being accused of being completely nuts. As a kid, I was always very interested in spirituality. And I asked my mother when I was 10, please take me to every spiritual house in our town. Uh, I just was seeking something. I couldn't put my finger on it. And I went through all these ceremonies and all the different kinds that we had. And I just still couldn't get at it. So I was raised in a Presbyterian church. And when it came time to make my commitment to the church when I was 16, when it gets blessed, when it came to having to sign my name about the things that I believe, here's what the church believes, you sign my name. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Not because I knew definitively those things weren't true. It's more like it's still a question mark. And I don't want to sign my name to something that they question. So from there, I learned transcendental meditation. And as a my, teenager? Yes, 
as a junior in high school. And I had a past life regression. Like all these things started to happen. I've learned reflexology. I've learned hands on healing. But and then what, what decade is this? This is in the 70s. Wow. Mid 70s, early and mid 70s. I one day found a book about the community in Scotland called Fintorn. And this, this was a famous at the time community that had really grown through a series of magical events. And that is that this, I will, I'll tell the story very quickly. This couple found themselves in Northern Scotland with their children living in a trailer. They had been hoteliers and whatever. I don't, I'll skip over all the details. But the woman, Eileen Caddy, started hearing voices telling her and telling her husband what to do. And it was to plant a garden. The thing is, they, their trailer park was literally on the beach. There was nothing but sand. And nothing would grow there except seagrass. But this voice guided them exactly what to do, how seaweed to gather and how much manure to gather and how to layer it and all this stuff. And out of this garden, was produced the most beautiful produce you can imagine. Sweet strawberries, huge melons, cabbages. This is in Northern Scotland. And over time, the garden grew. They kept telling him, enlarge the garden every year, enlarge the garden. Meanwhile, they're cramped in this little trailer and it grew into a huge community. And people were literally got called They woke up one morning like, I have to go to Northern Scotland from South Africa, from India, from the States, from all over the world, all ages, all stripes. And they would arrive there and then there were classes. Anyway, I learned about this place and I went. It had a powerful vortex of energy there. And that is where I I always say it popped my cork. I just, I got it. I got into something other. That's where they taught us manifestation, and that was in 1976. And so I started using that way back then. And so from there, I studied many different philosophies, religion, just ways of being, learned Reiki, learned a whole bunch of different modalities, just gathering, gathering, all side by side to what my career was at the time in theater. As time went on, I just continued to grow in that way. But I kept my regular life, got married, had children, etc. When my kids were little, I took a feng shui class. And the lady who taught feng shui class came in one day with all these wire hangers and some wire cutters. And she cut them into these L shapes. And then she said, what we're going to do is dowsing. And the direction was, Tell your brides you want them to cross when they cross the water line. And I watched as every single person taking his little baby steps, their little wire hangers came across like this, right on the water main. I went, huh, that's pretty cool. And so I started dowsing very carefully and cautiously, literally in my closet. <laughs> it's like, huh? Yeah. And you ask silly things in the beginning, like, is my hair green or sky purple or whatever? And you do little things just to test it out. And then I start to ask silly little things like, is today a better day to go to the grocery store or tomorrow? So I just started to develop this dowsing thing. 
on my own in my own little silo. And I thought, surely nobody else is doing this. And I started to bring it into my feng shui work because I got hired to redo people's houses in order to sell them. Those days, there was no such thing as there is now. It's called staging. That was a word I came up with when my realtor said, what should you call this? I said, I don't know. It's not how you live. It's how you stage. Like you take a set, up, put a set up, you take a set down. So anyway, that started a whole career. But So you're the mother of staging. You know how things happen? They come in multiple places. This is the multiverse, you just right? into. And people in San Francisco will say they started it. I was in Dallas. I can say I started it in Dallas. I'm not going to claim anything about that. I think I just tapped in at the right time. I was the right person with the right need of that job. <laughs> so, yeah. But I started using the dowsing with my staging to make sure that I had balanced elements and, you know, the proper wind and the proper metal and the pro all of that. Anyway, fast forward, we moved to Connecticut. I had a very difficult year in 2010. I went to a sound healing workshop back to back with Tom Kenyon. Washington State, I came back and I was delightfully empty from this experience. And I had, on the very last day of the very last practice, I had basically become so filled with gratitude that in my mind's eye, I went down prostrate on the floor and said, I am a willing vessel, do with me what you will. It just sprang from me. And these are not words that I was used to uttering. It came from a deep place. Three days later, I'm walking across my living room, and all of a sudden, I see a giant, turquoise, beautiful blue wave coming at slowly. Giant wave. I'm like, you see it like energetically. I do, but I'm saying it's a vision because I literally saw it. Wow. But and not you with my eyeballs. To. I don't yeah. know how to. And you weren't used it. to seeing things like that. Like you knew yeah. it wasn't there, yeah. but. It was there, yeah. and you're seeing it with your own eyes. And it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, wow. And I fortunately had a friend there, dear friend at the time. I said, something's happening. I'm seeing a giant wave. And there was almost like a byline, a little ticker tape that went across. And it said, this wave represents a push of evolution that is coming to the planet. If you learn to swim with it or surf it, it'll go much better than if you resist. When you stand at the wave and resist, you're going to get knocked down. Then that giant wave turned on its side, and it was this big curling letter C, right? Like you'd expect to see a surfer coming right through the tunnel. And in this one, there was a byline, and it didn't make total sense to me at the time, but it was, and the water pulls away from the shore to deepen into the sea bed, get its energy to create the crest. So should you, me, but really all of us, leave all your learning on the shore and deepen into the earth and the wisdom keepers of the earth for your knowledge. And then this curling way turned into a standing figure eight made of water and that just hung out there in front of my third eye for three days. Wow. I walked around and I was 
just aware that this thing was in front of me. And finally, I sat down with my dowsing rods and I said, what the heck is this? And I was told it was called, it had a name, the infinity wave. The watery flow is an energy. In the watery flow, is 10th dimensional love and compassion, extremely purified, high vibrational love and compassion. And it was sent to us as a tool to help us through what would be this coming push of evolution. Now, in late 2010, of course, we had no idea what was coming. Here's a picture from my book of the way. Wow. Okay. I was told then that I was to start creating workshops on this in January of 2011, that I would do one weekend workshop a month for three months, and that would constitute an entire workshop. And I said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Which is a foolish response because you can't say no to spirit very easily. And then they reminded me of, remember when you went prostrate on the floor and you said you were a willing vessel? This is your, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to do this. I was flying under the radar in any of the classes I took and anything I did. I was just quiet, taking it all in, but don't put me in the front of that room. And they were like, those days are over, honey. And they put their feet firmly in my butt and off I went. <laughs> so I had to reserve a room, pay for it, put the word out, charge people. I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. Because I didn't know what this was. And normally I'm buttoned up in my teaching and I have my ducks in a row. <laughs> I was being asked to fly, fly, give over entirely to the guidance, walking hand in hand with this guidance. So in early January, I said, okay, I guess what I'll do is just start dowsing and see if something comes through. But I don't really know what this is and what I'm supposed to teach. And as soon as I did, this strange voice came through and this practice came in. And I remember standing to the side and almost watching the words drop down in my mind. And I'm watching them and I'm speaking them as they're dropping down. And this deep voice was speaking. And that was one practice when we sat down two more times. So I had three practices by the time I got to the workshop at the end of the month. But I still didn't know what I was doing. Something had come to mind when they said this represents a push of evolution. And I hearkened back to my days at Fintorn because they taught us a theory of evolution that was proposed by Teilhard de Chardin, famous, the 19th century monk really renaissance man archaeologist maybe you know and so i started to think about evolution and i thought i think this is more about being aware of our evolution and so i said really the conscious evolution i look up conscious evolution barbara marks hubbard had that in something she had put out but it wasn't anything like what i was starting to play with so 
I made a little company called the Wave Energy Center for Conscious Evolution. That was where these workshops would then come out of. So I took Teilhard de Chardin evolutionary thinking, and I mixed it with a lot of the science and spirituality and where those can be programs and people that I have been following for years. And a lot of information just started to pour into me. I did not trust or believe in channel. I felt that it was always going to be filtered by the human energy field. And therefore, there might be a nugget or two, but I, yeah, I was skeptical. But then this was happening to me, and I didn't know what to think of it. And I, it took, I had to readjust my thinking. Anyway, because I was also being guided in other ways, other than just the practice of dropping in. I literally felt like I was going crazy. And this is what I looked back and I realized this is what is necessary if you're going to Eva, we, we have to leave our literal minds behind and enter a don't know mind that is wide open and receptive and has some kind of tool for discerning truth from the other side. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful point because I think that's so common that people do it's like, well, I've believed this my whole life, or this is what really resonates. And then you're going to, if you just want to hold on to that, you're not going to evolve to use that, that term. I'm really curious, like you mentioned, I can't remember if you mentioned it was 10th dimensional, this information. How did you tune into, the, into that piece of information? Well, two ways. At that time, I was very engaged with a wonderful teacher. And she lives in multiple worlds, let's put it that way. And it, she, it's extremely accurate when her intuition, her ability to tap into many <laughs> dimensions, and it's hard to describe her, actually. But when this started happening, of course, I <laughs> booked a session immediately. So what the heck is going on here? And, and she said, oh, yes, this is a 10th dimensional field that you're working with and I I didn't know um, anything about the 10th dimensional field she knew a lot about it and all the other fields and dimensions and then I asked through my thousand is this accurate is this 10th dimensional and the only reason I mentioned because I'm not an expert on all the dimensions I know a little bit about many of them because I've studied since then about them but I only mention it to say that is a very high frequency and this energetic is from that frequency and that makes a difference because when we use infinity wave we're introducing a very high frequency to a much denser and when we do that change starts to happen things shift okay now that's an interesting point because that was my other question is, so what does that mean if we say this is a 10th dimensional thing? Because different people have different frames of reference. So if they're even in a multidimensional mind yet, which not everybody is, but probably if they're drawn to this, they already are. 
But there are different. I hear people talk about like they that it stops at the sevens. Their I, understanding I is like it goes to seven. Then there are people who are like it goes to twelve. Then there are people it goes to twenty four. So, do you have any level of information in terms of that, or is it just kind of like it doesn't really matter? It's just to signify that it is a high frequency. One of the things that started to happen right about at the beginning of this particular journey is that my hunger and curiosity for knowledge and for what is it? What is it? Let's figure it out. Or let's read another book. I, I was just like a thirsty sponge for all of that. That started to roll away as I was having direct experiences. And I realized that that was just, those were just the workings of a hungry mind. Because we as humans love to label and categorize. And then the third step is concretize. I don't know if that's a real word, but I use it. Because it just sticks it into stone, right? It sticks it into cement. And then we say, okay, I understand that. I'm going to put that box right here. That's where that goes. And that's not the case. We don't know. So it doesn't matter to me how many dimensions there are or what people think. It doesn't matter to me in the least. In fact, that's why I have not gone deeply into that whole realm because I don't want to get lost in those meanings. What matters to me is that it's a high, pure frequency. And that, and the proof is in the pudding because when we use it, does it shift things? Does it shift ourselves? If yes, great. That's all we need to know. I love it. And I appreciate that. And I've gotten, I'm at that point too, but I know that there are a lot of people who can't get out of their minds yet. And it's like, well, it doesn't make sense. And not saying what you're talking about, but it just like you get slammed up against words, the limits of words. Yes, and it's oh like, gosh. and they can only take us so far. And so you want to satisfy that intellectual side and there's just also like kind of a relaxation and just not being so attached to defining it in terms of the parameters of exactly what it may or may not be, which can change based on our level of understanding anyway. Yes. And so I developed a little metaphor for how to hang on to multiple ideas and keep the curiosity open, but not stick it in concrete. So I have an image of just holding on to a bunch of balloons that are floating overhead. And in those balloons are, here's one idea, here's another idea, here's another idea. Oh, those are all cool ideas, and I'm just going to hang on to them like this. But they're not drawn down into my being until I've had an experience that makes it true for me. Mm. Yeah. And what that does is it unclutters the mind of beliefs that we really can't be sure if they're true. You know? Yeah, I love really, it. There aren't that many things we can say are absolutely true, and it's really a handful. And it's only through that direct experience that it becomes true for us. Yeah, and I come against this a lot too because there are people have their own experiences, and then. As we're like, especially when we're newer on the path, it's like, oh, this is what that's like. Like I was really into near-death experiences for a long time before I really started to awaken. You know, when I was, it was more of just like, oh, those stories are really interesting. But I would take them and I'd be like, this is what's going to happen when I die. 
And as I've had my own kind of experiences and evolution, I have not had a near-death experience, but my own kind of mystical, metaphysical experiences, it's like this universe is vast. It's so vast. And then we're all souls within it coming from different places. We have access to different things. We have different gifts. We have different evolutionary paths. And so what? how does that fit into our death, you know, what and what we experience when we die. That that's just one example of how things can evolve and we can understand there's a lot of space for uniqueness. I would love to talk more about the infinity wave and how it is used practically because it sounds like there's a combination of like insights and maybe theory or philosophy that you were blessed with that you transmit in terms of your workshops and things like that in your book. But then it sounds like there might be practices or more tangible things. So can you talk about how you work with the Infinity Wave? Sure. Well, I went into that first workshop in January 2011, absolutely quaking in my boots, and put out this kind of hodgepodge of things. And I would talk about the Infinity Wave in my limited knowledge of it. Still, only had it for a month or so. And But I said, it's got this compassion and love and let's play with it first in our body. And then let's play with it between people. And let's see if it's a communication device. All of these things turned out to be accurate. And each of the three first practices, when I looked back, in fact, when I looked back after the nine practices of three months, it was a step-by-step -step progression to take you to the next level of your spiritual evolution. You untether from time, you untether from 3D reality, you untether from gravity, you then explore here, there, and everywhere. And, the, and those practices just guide you bit by bit and taught us how to use the way. I was learning at the same time. When we got to the end of that three months, I, I saw every person in that first workshop had changed dramatically. People who were about to get divorced didn't get divorced. People who were looking for jobs all of a sudden got jobs. People who were struggling with a health issue got better. More importantly, every single person, it's like their faces got more light. They popped out more. They weren't back. They were forward. And their joy quotient was up. And they had sustained it for the whole three months. And that's what was interesting to me. I then repeated the workshop two more times. So by the end of September, when I saw all these people, all of them saying this joy, it wasn't just a weekend pie. We've all done that. We all love that. There was something else going on. And finally, I was like, okay, this is something real like thing. So we learned to use the wave in our body. So for instance, it's a figure eight of flowing water. It can be any size. It's, and it's always like etheric or it's always like a you conjure the image of it. It's, there's not like a physical item or. Yes and no. There, okay. there is. It's imagination based. Mm -hmm. As we know, thoughts are things. Thoughts change reality, right? Yeah. So when we apply and there's something about the water, too, there's a. There's something about that, too, and I'll talk about that in a minute. When we 
apply the idea of this figure eight made of flowing water. It's almost as if a switch gets flipped on and love and compassion at that high level starts to flow into the field of, of the person. So we use it to calm the system. You can run it from your head, across your body, down under your toes, and that's great for if you're lying in bed at night, you want to go to sleep, or you wake up in the middle of the night, you want to get back. You can run it at a trickle, or you can run it as a spring river if you really need to work it. Like I've used it to shift my emotional state very, very quickly. I had an incident with my teenage son at one point. They're getting drawn into a big, bad argument, and I could feel myself getting hotter and hotter. So I excused myself, went to my bedroom, just trying to calm down. And I was like, duh, you have the wave. Let's try that. And where I was holding my anger was in my gut. So I just put the wave in my gut, in my mind. I just ran it, spring river, like that. And as I was concentrating on running it, the most interesting thing happened. A little movie screen popped up in my, at the same time in my consciousness. And it was replaying the conversation we had just had. And I was watching both of us having this conversation. And I saw where I had contributed to escalation. And then I, the little movie showed me what I could do to correct situation, what I needed to say, what the exact words were. And then the movie screen showed me how ridiculous it was. And literally, I started laughing. Meanwhile, this thing is running in my gut. And I thought, okay, I probably had my eyes closed here for half an hour. And I opened my eyes. It was five. Wow. Five minutes. I went from nine and a half on the scale of anger to laughing. Hmm. Wow. And I went out and I amended things, but that really taught me something that this is a very much a calming tool, but it's also a tool for flushing, cleansing, shifting a state of being. We use it a lot between two people. So it's water for, as you well know, you are mostly water, I am mostly water. And the water in our body has varying states of coherence. If you're out on a busy street and you hear the sirens, horns honking, cacophonous sound, your water is literally going to become unstructured and disorganized, disharmonized. If you just go and then, you know, ring a crystal ball or a bell or some tone that's pure, your water will reorganize itself and come into synchrony. Now, when we connect your watery field with my watery field with the infinity wave, now we have introduced this pure love and compassion to both our fields. So it has the effect of lifting the conversation to another level. Definitely not only in 3D anymore. I'm not going to say where we are, but we're up and out. And that's one of the real purposes of the wave is to lift us up and out of 3D so we can have more perspective, so we can have direct contact with the intelligence of the above and the below. 
and with one another. So I like to say when we are waving together, the water in me is being connected to the water in you, loving the touch. So obviously the conversation is going to be better. Yeah, I've had this experience so many times. I had a fun one. I take people on trips around the world to powerful places, and I douse about where I'm supposed to go and when I'm supposed to go. So this one year, I was told to go to Ireland and Wales. And we were in Wales, and uncharacteristically, in late October, they had a 70-degree, totally sunny day. <laughs> Nobody knew what to do with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody was out on their bikes, on their motorcycles, like, out. And it was a Sunday, even better. So we were, we had just done a beautiful practice in this fairy glen at we decided to get our daily cup of tea and pulled into this little roadside place. And I was driving our group. I had a big van and I was, I found a parking space, but I was very careful. All the roads are only this big there. And so here I am in this massive van. So I'm super careful. And I see this parking spot. It's only really built for the little cars, but I slowly, slowly. And on the left side were all these vintage Harley Davidson bikes. I mean, it, pristine shape and so i'm i get in and the doors to the thing pop out when they slide back so we were so tight that when we pop when the door popped out it hit something and i didn't know what the next thing i know we have this angry face in the door this long-haired ponytailed beard guy obviously it was his bike I'm going to charge you. You shouldn't be parking this car here. I'm going to sue you. And like, it's just coming at us. We were so blissed out and so wavy. <laughs> and we were just looking at him. And I went, oh, I'm terribly sorry. What happened? What did we hit? When you hit my helmet, when the door opened, I thought, oh, is it damaged? Well, yo, not really. But and he was on and on. And the next thing we know, He's soft. He's laughing. He buys us some crumpets for our tea because those are the ones his mother gives to him. Like, he did a 180 after being exposed to wow. our state yeah. in the car that you would not. It was just like that. Wow. And there are lots and lots of stories, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. So. I know manifestation is a big part of it as well. And a lot of people are really interested in manifestation techniques and tools. Can you touch a little bit about how the wave, the infinity wave works with manifestation? Sure. It's not, a, it, it, it's something I've sort of put together. I'll tell you what I learned at Bindhorn and then I'll tell you how I did this. At Bindhorn, we were taught to think of the thing you want as a boomerang. You've got your idea, you've got your boomer, and throw it out into the universe and say, thank you, because the boomerang is coming back to you. Not sure exactly when, with certainty, it will come back. I add a little piece to that. When I have my boomerang, I imagine myself in the situation that I am desiring. In that imagination, up come the emotions of joy, relief, gratitude, whatever it is for that situation. So I've got my idea. I've got the emotion. 
And then it's gratitude that gets sent out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, at Pentorn, they taught us you only need to do it once. It's the intelligence knows, so you don't have to repeat. I don't know. I don't know. The other thing is that with the wave, if you put yourself in a wave state, you are now in a state of flow. When we are in a state of flow, we are much more able to handle all the changes that have been happening, all the crazy stuff that has been happening. When we're in flow state, we, that's the lack of resistance that first image was talking about. Part of being in flow is being receptive. When we are in creativity, then the chances of catching that boomerang that comes back, understanding what it is, because it may come back in a different form than what we expect. And this is where I have a little thing with intention, because when we intend something, we're narrowing it down. This is what I want. This is how much money I want, or this is how much, what kind of car I want, or whatever. And that's fine, but let's leave the spaciousness for the even better picture. So it's more like, this is what I'd like, and if there's something better, I'll take it. And oh, wow. I am in a receptive state to receive yeah. it. That's beautiful. Hope I could talk to you forever. I feel <laughs> like I'm just talking to an old soul friend that I've known for a long time. So this has just been really beautiful. Please tell everybody how they can find you and get your book and learn from you. Oh, I'd be happy to. My website is www.spreadinfinitehope.com. Because it's not just my job, it's all our jobs. And I do free meditation for Monday night. Now, all are welcome. I provide a lot of free programming every month, interviews with fabulous people, all kinds of stuff. And my book, I'll show it again, is The Infinity Way, Mastering the Art of Love, Compassion, and Flow. It's really a handbook for The Infinity Way. I have another book I'm starting now, which is much more comprehensive. This is a great book for beginners and seasoned travelers as well who want to learn about the way but great for beginners because they can go over some basic concepts in very short form. So yeah, that's pretty much, I have a YouTube channel, which Facebook is? page, it's Fred Infinito. Okay, that's wonderful. Good. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What a beautiful discussion. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'd love to ask you for one quick favor, and that's to share this episode with one person who you think will benefit from it. Let them know you're thinking about them by sharing this episode with them right now. Thank you, and I look forward to the next meditation conversation.